0: The day we are doing mock drafts today today is the mock draft day combine is wrapped up we have seen the underwear olympics we're starting to slot guys in we got a list of team needs to go through we are getting to mock draft thursday mock draft thursday
1: this time yeah yeah oh as you guys know, Connor and I share multiple brain cells. So, it was uh, ridiculous I, today.
0: keep in mind to preface this. I mean, we're going to make you wait a little bit here, but like I did my early edition yesterday of my mock draft and I kind of edited it through today. But we sent I did back yesterday forth.
1: evening and I finalized it this morning. We traded mock drafts this morning and I sent my goodness. screenshot. Connor sent his screenshot and I said, and I quote, I hate how much we think alike. (laughs) It's going to be a short
0: episode, I guess. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it is. Yeah. I mean, we will keep it under wraps for the next like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, but it is eerily similar, eerily similar, especially the first round. But, uh, I want to bring this up before we get into our next talking point here because it's a, a very topical piece of or it's a very topical uh direct message that I got. So our pal, wintry night, back in the comment section, back in my DMs. Uh he said, Is there any chance of a CFL mock draft coming soon? So ex- he's super excited to see a mock draft. And I said, Hey. Like great timing because Wade and I are doing a mock draft and team need episode tomorrow. So I got this message on Wednesday. You're hearing this episode on Thursday. Wintry night could read our brains.
1: I could feel it. Well, we did say it was gonna happen early this week. Uh just some scheduling between us got kind of messy, but and uh we're here. Yeah,
0: Night. Like he was in, he was in the messages before. Big Red Blacks fan, so I'm I'm sure he's itching to see what the hell they're gonna do, or what we have them projected to do with what is it, three, four, four picks in the first two rounds for the Ottawa Red Blacks.
1: Yeah, they uh, they do have quite the selection going. Territorial obviously helps with that, but two second rounders in the early part of that draft, and of course. The number one overall draft pick, Connor.
0: Hold up. Ottawa. We, we can't get into it just yet. Not the mock draft. We're going
1: into team needs. Team All needs. Right. <clears throat> I just want to say before we do anything today, Edmonton having a territorial always messes with me. Because... I, oh, the region is... The boundary is boundaries so vague. I don't know. Yeah. Because could they go into Saskatchewan? Could they go into B.C.? We have reached out. We're just waiting on confirmation for that piece. So my territorial, when we get to it, is if they can branch out. Connor's yeah. territorial, for both of us, I guess, is if they have to stay right in the province. Yeah,
0: I, I think, there? again, this is like speculation. We haven't heard back yet. But I think they can go as, like, as far as like... Regina, Saskatchewan. I think maybe they can
1: pull players from there. I don't. Cause like, exactly geographically know how far speaking, the prairies aren't like from Edmonton. You're just not going that far geographically. But I could see where they say no, that's Saskatchewan's region. Oh man, the
0: longest part. Like I've never done it, but I, I've had a bunch of friends that have done it. The longest part of driving from like cross Canada is getting through Ontario and Manitoba. Yeah, well, it takes, like, 20 hours to get to
1: Thunder Bay from here.
0: Okay, so I was in Sudbury this weekend for work, and I was like, oh, like, I'm in northern Canada. Like, can't be that much further to, like, Winnipeg. I basically looked up, like, how far it was to the Canadian border (laughs) and then how far it was to Winnipeg from Sudbury. It was 22 damn hours just to get to the Canadian border, like, 22 hours to get out of Canada if you're going like the Canadian route
1: of transportation, it's still like 22 hours. Oh, yeah. To go to so, the States as well. But man. I have a friend who lives up in Red Lake, Ontario, works for a nice old mining company up there. Um, for us to drive up to see him this upcoming summer, it would be a 24 hour car ride, aka we could drive to Orlando or we could drive to Red Lake. So we're gonna fly to Red Lake. <laughs> well, fly to Winnipeg and then drive the five-hour trek back. But um yeah. Ontario is a massive effing province. Big place. Big place. So 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 much room to explore, Connor. Yours to discover,
0: as it says on the back of our license plates. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> Did not think you would pull that out. All right. Team picks. Uh team need. I guess we'll say Uh, We're kind of going through the The order of Where they would be drafting Yeah it's Um, like
0: the I did it in order of like Draft pick essentially
1: So But in order of Draft pick if everyone still had their picks
0: Yeah I guess like we'll clarify that too Before we get into everything we're not going trades here Are we we're just going strict because No Obviously, there's going to be a trade somewhere in the first. Chris Jones is going to trade back. Yeah, oh, man. Ottawa with all their picks. I can't imagine them keeping all four picks. Package is going somewhere. Maybe. Maybe they do,
1: but who knows? Well, let's start with those Ottawa red blocks. Obviously, Bob Dice, now the full-time, no longer interim head coach. uh, So, they're starting a new look. New offensive coordinator. New defensive coordinator with Benavides being, uh, I guess, like, mutually agreed to part ways. So, they lost Kwaku Boateng. Never really had him because of the injury. They lost Darius Sirocco. Brendan Glanders retired as a happy father. Antoine Pruneau, one of the OG Red Blasts, retired. And Avery Williams, a massive loss at linebacker for them.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, Avery Williams, I think, like, in the lot. Well, Sirocco, too, I think. But uh, Avery Williams is a huge loss. They did manage to hang on to some key assets. I mean, like Lorenzo Molden signed back again, Cleon Lang back on the defensive line. Then they went out and added Javon Santos Knox from Hamilton, who I I know that one probably hurts your heart a little bit.
1: Add a guy like Shaq
0: Evans to an already, what was like, I would say what was a coming together receiving core at the end of last year. I think Shaq Evans definitely adds, adds some depth and help
1: there. Talk about this. Sherrod Baltimore and L. Brooks playing yeah. halves. <laughs> it, that's, that's yeah, shut down. That's a disgusting combo. Uh, so with that being said, obviously last year's first and second round picks are both offensive linemen, but this Red Blocks team looks kind of ready to go, Connor. This is a team I thought I that last year would be a serious player in the East prior to the Jeremiah Masoli injury. And obviously with Kari Jones coming in as the new offensive coordinator, I feel like they're just kind of using this number one overall pick as maybe it is trade bait, like you said. Um, But to me, this is kind of just like putting some frosting on the cake. Where can we go get some depth? Someone could possibly contribute this year, but if we have them as a number two on the depth chart, that's a damn good number two to have. Uh, obviously with guys like Lorenzo Malden, Cleon Lang, uh, Lorenzo Malden, I don't know if he's in Ottawa for a long haul, because it was a short-term deal he signed. So maybe they do try and go and get younger behind the, the veteran defensive line as effective as they are.
0: Yeah, I think, I think for me, the need with Ottawa is definitely line depth, take your pick offensive line, defensive line. I think, you know, with the, Talent they have on the defensive line, it's always good to have, you know, some rotational players that can come in and impact the game right away, too. Even if they're only getting, let's say, Lorenzo Malden's getting what 65% of the snaps. If you can have a guy that can come no, in, no, he's that getting more
1: than that. <laughs> I, I'm saying on the short end. Okay. Okay.
0: If you got a guy that, if he's getting 65 to 70 to 85% of your defensive snaps, if you got a guy that can come in and play those 35 to 20 to 15%, I think for me defensive line depth, or even if it's if you're coming in for Cleon Lang, whoever you're coming in for, but yeah, defensive line depth for me um is probably like priority number one or the number one area that's just
1: easy to take in the CFL. if they depth. could I feel like Pelios and Cyril are good interior depth. Yeah. For the offensive line typically you only dress seven. Um if one of those guys stepped up. I would like to see someone kind of like Pelios, who could play tackle or guard, um, as well. If they do decide to beef up the offensive side of the line too, yeah,
0: and I like we'll get into it a, a little bit later on when we when we do our mock. But I just think like I don't know if there's a if there's an offensive lineman in the draft. Maybe, maybe if there's an offensive lineman worth taking at number one right now. It's a thin class. No, and, no, I think not you can year. trade back year. and
1: still get the same value. Now, if Matthew Bergeron. City Sow and Dante Bolt all go over in the NFL draft. Which is, I don't see Matthew Bergeron getting into day yeah, three. Yeah, I texted you
0: about that today. I was like, is Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse a see and never guy? And we both kind of just went, yeah.
1: Yes. All right.
0: The Empire. Chris Jones. The Elks. This the was Elks. This is a... Man, I don't know. It, I want to say it was a rocky offseason in terms of losses, but then they kind of came out swinging on the offensive side of things. So losses, Kenny Lawler, uh, Darrell Walker,
1: and potentially Jamin Pelly. We'll see what's well, going on there. He, he, I don't think Jamin Pelly can technically leave unless they release him from his contract. So I don't know if he'll actually be gone this year or next year. But yeah. with that being said, NFL it's highly likely probably. within yeah. the next two two seasons he will be south of the border. Yeah. Big so, ads
0: on the offensive side of the ball for, for Edmonton, though. Geno Lewis, that's probably, like, one of the biggest ads okay. of this offseason. Steven Dunbar and Kyron Moore. So, I think those three players in their own right make up for the loss of Kenny Lawler and, let's be real, an aging Darrell Walker. Now... Let's and they kept they kept Manny Arsenal still too. So
1: who is, shows back. Aging. Manny shows back. Yeah. Um now add that to like Mitchell, who they had going last year. Yeah. And then Brown, the running back that really came on down the stretch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh all they need is an accurate quarterback, Connor. Well, good thing there's like twelve <laughs> of them on their roster right now, so they've got time to figure it out. All right, bold, bold prediction time. Before we get into any mock drafts, I want it to be known Trey Ford will be traded before the start of the season. I expect it on draft Trey Ford is Whoa. getting traded. Okay. Chris Jones has told you exactly what their plan is on offense this year as yeah. GM coach, owner, and power forward, Jackie Moon. Yeah. Um A, they just Kept the corn man in all year. B, they gave him a massive extension (laughs) this offseason. And C, they started bringing in other quarterbacks to start filling the room out. Yes, they went in last year with eight. But then they told Trey Ford, go throw at the UB Pro Day. We don't care. Go ahead. Go throw. I think Chris Jones, I don't know if it's because of what happened between him and Trey, if something did, or if it's just because of Cornelius's play and what he sees in practice, I think Chris Jones is done with him and is just going to say, you know what? Let's trade him while he's hot. He played okay for us as a rookie for a couple games. Let's go see if teams will still pay the piper for a unique talent athletically.
0: Yeah, no, that is a that's an interesting point too. And to kind of further your thought, I was I said C B, but I would call it C two point Appendix C, Section B, whatever you want to call it. Kyle Oxley plays a very similar role to what Trey Ford would play in a Chris Jones scheme, but he can also line up in the slot. I'm not saying that Trey Ford can't do that, but Kyle Oxley passed, received. And came into the backfield for the Edmonton Elks this year. So, yeah, I mean, like, why not see what value you can get in Trey Ford if you know he's not going to be a long-term option for your roster? Um, but where do you think they need help? Where, Like, what draft needs do you see for Edmonton?
1: Honestly, I don't want to say linebacker because I feel like they've got enough athleticism at the position that – I think they just need to go and find someone. Okay, this is going to be a really ridiculous over-the-top player comp, but they need to find their Marc-Antoine Croix. Someone yeah. that plays in their secondary who can just fly around, make game-changing plays, and be a difference maker, essentially. Yeah. Because with this receiving core of Gino, Steven Dunbar, Kyron Moore, Dylan Mitchell, Kyle Oxley, you are probably looking at your offense saying, we should be putting help. up 28-plus a game. Yeah, don't need help in that department. Literally get us two turnovers a game, and we will win. That's all you're saying. Yeah. So I think I think they just need that difference maker on the back end. Yeah, I um, agree.
0: And they did, like, last year they
1: did draft Enoch McConzo fourth overall, yeah. who was a
0: great pick. He just, he just didn't play a
1: full season. So, And I think I th- we'll get to that more when we discuss who we have them taking the first round. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I
0: I'm with you. Like a playmaker in the secondary, a playmaker in your kind of
1: back seven, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. All right, Sask. So oh, we're not spending any time in this, Connor. Offensive line. It has to be. It. Has you to gave be up like line. what seventy plus quarterback hits last year.
0: They were the most sacked, most contacted team in the backfield last year. <laughs>
1: End of discussion. End of,
0: like, yeah, end of discussion. You need offensive line help, especially like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you lose, you lose Cody Fajardo, but you bring in Trevor Harris. Protect your damn ass. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the thing. Who, He's not going to run who's... away from anyone. Exactly, and like <laughs> I think Cody had that more, more of that mo- mobility aspect. But yeah, no, you you brought in a new quarterback, which is Trevor Harris to replace Cody Fajardo. He's a pocket passer. We saw it in Montreal. Keep him standing upright. Good things will happen. So. As the most sacked team in the CFL last year, offensive line is absolutely the need. But I, I think they also, just in terms of numbers and depth, they lost a lot at the wide
1: wide receiver position to free agencies. So, like they did I, bring in like Jawan Durrell, Winicky, but like I think Jawan Breston is still a good receiver, but he's yeah, getting up there in age, exactly. And I mean, like Thurl Walker, like you already said, is aging. Uh, Jake Winicky, MIA last year. Yeah. And now true. we add into the mix, KSB is going to be missing some time too. So, yeah. and, what and to does me, your like, team you lost like? Shaq Evans, Kyran Moore,
0: Duke Williams. Those are three names off the bat. You also lost Justin McInnes and Jake Hardy as depth players, but you lost Star Power and you replaced it with you know, good talent. I'm not going to say, like, there's potential to be great there, but so far
1: you've replaced. I think if we get a healthy Juwan Breskison, that takes care of one of the the major receivers. His catch
0: against Montreal in the last game of the regular season shows you kind of everything you need to know about Juwan Breskison, right? Like, Mm -hmm. fantastic receiver, but, you know, (sighs) I I think maybe they could use some help there. Whether it's depth, whether it's a star, um, and again we'll get into this in the mock draft if we're if we're hinting at anything. But they did, you know, uh, Braden Lineus comes back, and they drafted Samuel Emelis as well last year in the in the first round.
1: All right, all right, all right. Calgary St. Peters.
0: Tons of losses here too. Tons of defensive <laughs> losses. Good
1: lord! But they kept the Beggleton. They kept Derek Dennis. They kept Cam Judge. They kept Jonathan Moxie. I but you lose I think Calgary's setting up to be a dark horse in the West. Yeah.
0: But you lose Sean Lemon, Bular and Or Orl Jameer Thurman. Yes, you get back Julian Hauser and Micah Awe, but like dude, Flo was Flo and Jameer Thurman were two of the best defensive players in the CFL last year. And the way that Jameer Thurman and Cam Judge played off one another was a special linebacker group.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Okay, so needs? Front seven. For me, it's front seven. Doesn't matter if it's linebacker, defensive lineman. You need something in the front seven. This receiving core is set.
1: The DBs are set.
0: I mean, DBs, receivers too. I mean, Luther's coming into his own. Jalen Philpott's a threat. I mean, yeah. Malik Henry, when he's on the field, is one of the best receivers in the CFL.
1: So fast. Begleton's
0: your possession guy.
1: Yeah, Reggie you know, Beggleton, your possession guy, is also an absolute monster down the field.
0: Done. Yeah, no, but, like, he's just like, okay, like, my one's not open, my two's kind of covered, you know, R- Reggie's coming on and under here, and he's kind of open, and I know he's going to catch it, so I'm going to toss
1: that. Uh, okay. The, the new-look Alouettes, we'll call them, because they are not only changing over a whole bunch in terms of coaching staff, they're also turning over owners, head of football operations. I think the only person that is really remaining is Danny, which means, Connor, we can expect a whole lot of RSEC football players being drafted to the so Alouettes. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. <clears throat> And um, in two years, when the time is up, there will be an Arnaud Desjardins draft pick made as the future of the Montreal Alouettes. Bold. And I love it. Absolutely. That's not even a bold it. prediction. That's just Arnaud being the dude. Do you think Olivier Watt at least gets to camp with them this year? No. No. <laughs> I don't. As much as I like him as a as a quarterback, I, I, he's so small. I didn't realize how small he was. Marshall dude. was kind of talking with that, about that with us, too. It's ben like,
0: Miracle, who's like 6'2", standing beside
1: Arnaud Desjardins, looked small. Okay, yeah. For those that didn't see it, Marshall tweeted a picture of the quarterbacks at the Combine. And I said to Connor, I know Ben is a big dude. Arnaud Desjardins makes him look average height. Yeah. Arnaud is also standing beside Olivier Waugh. He makes Olivier Waugh look like a team's kicker. It's crazy. No offense to kickers. Not the biggest people on the team. Just gonna say it. Okay. It's it's a yeah, it's a sight to behold. It's like even when you look at like, okay, they're all wearing shorts, they're all wearing mid socks. Like the leg size and the calf difference between Miracle and Renault, or between Miracle and Arnaud compared to, like, Hetlinger and Waugh. I was like, oh, my God. These two guys are just these physical specimens who, I mean, they're both great, right? Like, that's an aspect to Ben Miracle's game that he's always had is the mobility. no showed it in the playoffs yeah. this year where he could just take off and say, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel bad. But at the same time, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, with that being said, Connor, the Alouettes. Cody Fajardo, Yeah. Which was an interesting
0: one for me, because it feels like for every loss, there's an equal or almost equal replacement. You're telling me there's an equal replacement for Gino Lewis? (laughs) No. 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 But you go and get, like, to that effect, you go and get an established... Receiver like Greg Ellingson, who arguably for the first six weeks of the season was one of the best receivers in the CFL with Zach Caleros throwing to him. That does need to be established. But (laughs) I I think Greg Ellingson could be a great target
1: for a guy like Cody Fajardo. Uh, All right. Needs. Defensive box players. Yes, I well, know Tyrell Richards is there from last year. Obviously, freak athlete. Again, another guy like
0: Enoch Makanzo that had a couple hamperings through the regular season that kept him out, but they drafted him for a reason, and I fully expect him to be an impact player this year. But I still think they do need like some some box players, some defensive linemen. Like they had 37 sacks, 14 interceptions last year, which both were the third fewest in 2022. Who uh, draft fullback, David Delaire. David Delaire.
1: I on. think so. We know that Jason Moss likes his fullbacks, Connor.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's the
1: same offense they ran last year. Danny Machocha likes his RSEC players. I'm saying fifth round, David Delaire, University of Laval, it's a Big body, he's a big
0: dude. But would it be David Delaire or would you go Sebastian Howard?
1: Oh, he's going to be long gone by the time they – don't you worry. Don't worry. After
0: Eiser, Sebastian Howard. But, yeah, no, for me, it's – the need is defensive players, playmakers, whether it's, you know, in your front seven or whether it's in your secondary. But you need guys who are going to force turnovers or force sacks, take the ball away, and create opportunities of panic for other quarterbacks right now.
1: All right. cats, Bombers. BC, Toronto. We got four left. And then we're going mock drafts. So let's fly through these. Yeah. Hamilton right. had a ton of losses. But they got real good. Quake, a gain. Levi, Ja'Garrett Davis, Figueroa, Jameer Thurman, Duke Williams, Connor. This team is stacked. I don't yeah. care who they lost. You look at the guys they added in replacement. Yeah, Kweku booting on off an Achilles. Some people may have pause. I do not. This guy's a monster stud. Achilles or not, he can play without one. I think <laughs> <laughs> and still be as fast as he needs to be. Uh, all right. Team needs stack up some DBs. They let go of Kareel Brooks. Um, they lost to Evans. Evans well. Yeah, Jamal Roll. It's a tough one. Yeah, I. I I would I think, like. To I believe I'll have
0: to, I'd have to double check, but I think guys like Cam Kelly are still unsigned as well.
1: You need to make that a priority. But to me, like <clears throat> they've drafted guys over the last couple of years that they thought maybe would come back, like a Dean Leonard. Yeah, Dean has not come back. Nope. so you need to start investing high end draft capital to get guys who are going to be here now. Because you can't keep banking on players in the NFL to come back home, especially guys like Dean that have made an impression from day one as a seventh-round pick. I know his contract's up after what next season, two seasons from now.
0: So I guess he's technically rookie this year. He's already proven to be an impact special teams player. Like I don't, I, I foresee a long future for Dean Leonard in the NFL. So start drafting guys for now. For the love of God, let Nick Cross play safety. Good Lord. Safety? Safety? Yeah. Sam, where do you want him to play? Just anywhere. Get him on the field. <laughs> Could you imagine Nick Cross as a safety if he had that mobility?
1: Oh, I don't want to see that. The poor receivers yeah. would lose ribs. Yeah. Uh. All right, Winnipeg, they never have draft needs, Connor. They just... <laughs> we say it every year, but it's
0: true. And for, the like... They get back Kenny Lawler. They get back Kenny Lawler. The receiving core is already insane. And then you add Kenny Lawler. Golly.
1: What do they need, in your opinion? (sighs) Nothing? I don't know. They've built this really nice rotation of Canadian DBs. Yeah. To play, like, specials and fill in when needed. Yeah, They'll get Noah Hallett back from injury. Nick Hallett played some good games starting at free safety for them last year. Tyrell Ford it was a very good rookie
0: special teams player for them. But obviously, he's got a situation going on in Green Bay. So they released him. <sighs> I
1: don't know if he comes back or not.
0: That was interesting to me. But even if um, he does come back to
1: the CFL, it might not necessarily be for Winnipeg. That is true. Since they released and released him, yeah. uh, I don't know if he's coming back late in the year. To me, like if you're coming back in September, go join Winnipeg where you know they are ninety yeah. percent Why, chance you, going to play in a great. Why would you not rejoin Winnipeg? Uh <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know. I could see them trying to find someone to go and fill that spot of Tyrell Ford in case Hinting he doesn't come. At the mock like, draft, love it. Uh, Okay, BC, (laughs) they need to replace Nathan Bork. No, uh, our VA is going to be fine there. But they traded Jordan Williams, the Rookie of the Year, great linebacker, traded him to the Argos for their pick. To me, uh, that just says like, all right, let's go and get another rookie linebacker who we can play beside Halatic, the beautiful t-bird monster
0: likely succession to jordan williams i would say as well he started getting those reps at the end of last year too yeah and i think that probably gave him confidence to move on but then global combo was hurt so he had opportunities too to step in and kind of play some some linebacker position then let's
1: let's go all in on the national linebackers let's let's double down let's get some playmakers built in um, you, you have R.B. put here. I did, but I don't... This like, is interesting to me because... I don't they know if had, it's a need
0: through the draft, but it's certainly a need in my opinion.
1: Like, who is there now that James Butler is gone? Nobody. They're, they don't have a running back. I would also like to say offensive line because with losing Figueroa and Goddard, I know they kept... Suk Chung, Menard, but I would like to see them go and get some extra guys just to play, play it safe, play it cautious.
0: But they did add, they did add a coach here, which, which helps. Veteranship. He's been on winning teams in Winnipeg, good lineman in his own right. But yeah, I mean, you lost two, four pieces along that offensive line in,
1: in Gobert and Figueroa. All right. Finally, the great Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. Don't pick until the second round. End of the, first the second round. Team. Um. Yeah. No. They're just gonna add special teams freaks. So go get the most athletic guy on the board. Bring him in. Doesn't matter what position he's at. Yeah. And say, all right, here we go. Play some specials for us. Go. What it'd be. All four. Yeah, I wouldn't say they go and get someone to play field goal, but so you're playing four major special teams first year. Dress most of your games. That's who they're probably looking for someone to fill that kind of a role. I don't like
0: uh, at this point. For me, maybe offensive line as well because you added on on the defensive side of the ball. You added Costigan. You added Ormolade, You added Darius Picky. You added Jordan Jordan Williams. You did also add Darius Serraco, but you lost to Philip Lake. You lost to Justin Lawrence. I mean, I, they still gained yeah, most had, of their They court, had a.
1: But... They had a Jonathan Zamora who was playing as the He's as tired. their death offensive lineman, right? So, retired. Um, Congratulations to to Big Z, by the way, if he if he listens to this. But, um, but yeah, to me, like that's that's where you need to. So probably third round with that one because, like we said off the hop, the offensive linemen in this class just not it's not a what deep it has position, in
0: years past. Right? Like there's there's not a Logan Van year like all five of the Calgary Dinos offensive linemen in the draft,
1: uh, there's or not all of, kind of, the of the Saskatchewan Huskies the, and Alberta Twins Golden Bears.
0: Saskatchewan, yeah. Like,
1: all right. Let's get into it. Let's get this, Connor. Mock mock draft. Are we draft. doing it? We, one 1. point.
0: off long enough.
1: All right.
0: Our (laughs) first three picks are the same. This is this is hilarious. This is where the same brain stuff is
1: is looping back around from earlier in the episode. All right. First up, Ottawa Red Francis Beamy. Built in the lab, uber athletic. Yeah. Long. (laughs) uh, tested well, showed well at the combine. Yeah. I we said can't seem getting past sixth. I'm thinking Ottawa just goes, let's get a young top of the line pass rusher to mold behind a Lorenzo Malden. Yeah. How great would that be? Yeah. It's and man,
0: like again, a guy talk about you know we were talking about the guy that can come in and play those 35 to 15% snaps when when other guys need a breather or whatever. Like I think Francis Beamy is is that guy right away. I think he can come in and play right away. He's nearly six four Nearly two sixty, still jumped to thirty three inch vert, jumped nearly jumped a nine nine broad, moved well in the lateral drills, and then just showed out like as a pass rusher, as a a power guy. So I think uh, we've been, you know, not that we've been low on Francis Beamy, but
1: stock up uh, for sure. Okay, stock we did say up on Francis we did Beamy. say in the draft one hundred. We weren't low because we didn't like him. We were low because we were unsure. Sure enough, he came in and checked all the boxes, and now he's at the top of the damn list. So, number one (laughs) overall pick. Number two, Chris Jones, NCAA player. Chris Jones special. NCAA player on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Who in the CFL game could play two or three or four different positions. Jonathan Sutherland from Penn State. Yep. Urat I know they picked it. Enoch McConzo last year.
0: But I think, I think, I this think is Sunderland a pairing. does different
1: things. Yeah. I think this is a pairing. If you want to have Enoch at Sam, Sunderland goes to safety. And you rock the hell out of that combo. Yeah, Similar body types. I think McConzo is a bit thicker. Uh, I don't think he's as fast. Chop and speed, uh, if I remember my numbers correctly, as Southern just ran at his pro day. I think it's a great combo when they're looking to add those playmakers we talked about. This is a good start. Yeah. Don't get a veteran leader in a locker room. Um, And of course, Chris Jones gets two of his biggest loves an American NCAA uh, program and a versatile defensive player.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy can play Sam, he can play safety, he can play half, he can play whatever you want him to play. Chris Jones type of guy, uh, you hit every, every nail on the head, so I don't think I need to spend any more time. I'm going to move on. Third pick in the draft, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and what do you know, picks one through three are the exact same for us. We both have Dante Bull going to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Fresno State offensive lineman again a versatile guy can play multiple positions across the offensive line and is just an absolute dog finishes through every play finishes through maybe even past the whistle on some plays but he's gritty and he is a dominant offensive lineman we said it in the team needs offensive line should be the only focus for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and if Bergeron and presumably City Sow are seeing never guys. Maybe C- City Sow, like I think City Sow is more of a chance to land in the CFL. But Dante Bull to me is the best offensive lineman on the board right now, and that is where Saskatchewan needs to go. Offensive line,
1: offensive line, offensive line. All right, you can start with your pick for Calgary. at uh, the fourth overall pick? You are Again. going.
0: I'm going with Luwal Uguak, the TCU defensive lineman. Calgary, front seven losses, like mad, like we were saying in the team needs section. So I think they need to address that right away. Find your replacement for Lemon. Find your replacement for Oramalade.
1: Go get an impact defensive lineman. I like the pick. I went in a different direction from you, though. Harrison Baggyogo, Guelph cover specialist DB I he's he's top corner Connor right like if we're gonna get middle of the first round and you still have a player like that sitting on the board whereas Uguak to me we see his pro day is literally the day this episode comes out so he could blow it out of the water and we I could say, hmm, yeah, Connor's right. Or maybe he even goes up to Edmonton <laughs> at the two spot. But to me, I, I just I want to see the boxes checked. I know with Baggy Yogo, it's checked. And he's ready to go.
0: That's fair. So you're taking the timing thing over the prospects of the what-ifs right now, whereas I'm taking the hoping this guy has a massive pro day. If not, I mean... Even a, a late Cording Moore could slide into this spot, I think, easily if it's not luau right? Oh, you spoiled your pick. I did. I did. But so I Fifth guess overall. with that, I will go next. Fifth overall, I have late Cording Moore sliding into the Montreal Alouettes. We talked about how they need defensive line help. We talked about how they were one of the you know, less impactful teams in the offensive backfield of the defense last year, weren't getting to the quarterback, weren't forcing sacks, weren't forcing bad opportunities. So I think they're going with another impact-type guy in Lake Moore who has NFL traits but could be a day-one guy if he lands in the
1: CFL. All right, I'm going Uguak here with this pick. Uh, Alouettes, go bulk up. I know. We said D-line linebacker. This fits in with that. Uh, I will go for the next one, though. 1-6, Hamilton. This is where I put Lake Cordy Moore. Yeah. Really unique body type. I don't know if he has the the alien frame of Francis Beamy, but he tests like someone who is ready to step in and contribute right away. And I think because he can do multiple things, That late Cody Moore is going to be a valuable asset for this Ticats team as they try to retool and rerun uh, back to the Grey Cup now that it's in Hamilton this year.
0: And for me, with the Ticats on the board right now, I'm addressing the need, and Harrison Bagiogo, who we just talked about, is available on my draft board for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So if if it's draft night for me, sixth overall pick, Baggiogo is still an available player. Uh, I would think that with their needs, with their defensive backfield right now and and how thin it is on their roster, um, for me, playing armchair GM with Hamilton here, it'd be hard to turn away from a guy like Baggiogo.
1: All right. Montreal Alouettes, Connor, again, up at number seven. Their second first-round pick. Where are you going? I had to do it.
0: I had to do it. This guy's my Marc-Antoine Ducroix. I've been on him <laughs> since, what, last year? Michael Broderick's available for the Montreal Alouettes, the athletic off-ball, defensive lineman, off-ball, linebacker, pass rusher, extraordinaire, athletic freak. He is helping to address this need of playmakers. He's helping to address this need of sacks, maybe even interceptions or turnovers forced at the very worst. But, um yeah, make a splash. Go get another damn good, talented player from the University of Montreal to pair with your Mark Antoine Ducroix.
1: Buck Burns. Hear me out. No, me I out. like it. I like it. I saw it and loved K- it. K on Julian Grant. Is it Jalen Philpott or Tyson? Which one? Which Tyson. one's in Tyson? Yeah. Okay. K on Julian Grant. Tyson Philpott. Greg Ellingston. Reggie White. Reggie White, the money man, and Clark Barnes. Home run hitter, home run hitter, home run hitter. Absolute monster in the middle in Greg Allinson. And Reggie White, who is a mix of everything. It's a big, athletic, explosive.
0: Canadian as well. Canadian, Canadian receiving room. Yeah. Because be K-On, Tyson, Hergie
1: and... Ellington, Reggie White, and then Clark yes. Barnes is your sixth man. Brilliant. I like the look of it. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can have Phil Pott and Clark Barnes on your return teams. I think it makes too much sense. You get the most electric playmaker in the CFL draft. You said,
0: you said Phil Pott and Clark Barnes, which I would love to see that as a return backfield one day, but... Chandler Worthy and Clark Barnes would be
1: electric. Put all three of them back there. Go three return men. I don't care. Or cycle you could cycle them. Literally keep all oh, of them fresh Last
0: time I saw a three man return backfield was at Grenz when we were practicing a kickout in a punt situation.
1: Um no, not even like three man backfield. Literally just rotate them Connor. Yeah. Keep your guys oh, fresh yeah, yeah. for the game.
0: And Coming in at one eight eighth overall pick in the first round, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We said it in the team needs kind of portion of this episode. Not that Winnipeg needs to get any better, however, they're going to here with the best Canadian offensive lineman, best U Sports. Don't get a lineman. pro ready player. Don't waste twenty six reps on the bench, man. And he was benching dudes at the Combine all week long. Phil Grichowek, offensive line Western. We have the same pick here. He's a pro-ready body, pro-ready offensive lineman.
1: This dude's ready to go. Bring There's in. a
0: damn reason Keon Edwards was, you know, one of the leading
1: rushers in the country. A lot of those touchdowns went off the right side. Uh, all right. BC Lions, 1-9. Connor, we both things similar position group, different players. I think it's kind of how our board shook out. I'm going with Michael Broderick here uh, from the Montreal Carabank. Connor, we know this guy can get after the passer. We saw he could play in space at the Combine. Uh, he's checked all the boxes. He's moved himself into this category. Whether he's on the draft 100, in the top 10 or not, he is going to be going in the top 10 of this draft. I Yeah. I, I mean- really think that the c and ever players, as in the Tavis Robinsons, the city south, not Bergeron's, like those four guys, the Brown brothers <laughs> being absolutely gone forever. Yeah. I, I think it really opens up a lot of these spaces in this late first, early second range for guys that wouldn't normally be here just because of the value that they could bring to the teams. I agree. And uh, to that point entirely, because
0: I already have Michael Brody gone on my draft list. You know, I have him going at seven. You have him going at uh going at nine. But I, I'm along. I'm I'm within the similar thought process to you here, and I even have him listed wrong. I'm so in the similar process to you. I've got Jake Taylor, the Alberta Golden Bear. I like he was at the at the combine as a DB. I listed him as a linebacker because I truly believe Sam of the year, Same of the year, backer, right? So, um, you know, and and I think Ben Holladdix we we talked about Ben Fladick filling that Jordan Williams role. They have Bola combo there, but you know, even if Jake Taylor is not playing right away this year as a starting backer, I think he's still a guy that's going to be an impactful special team player. We saw him test out, off the off the damn charts. He's an aggressor. He loves getting to the point of attack. Um, you know, I th- I think he's a guy that is worth investing in and worth worth developing and if you're a little bit thin at linebacker like the BC Lions are right now, why not go get a Jake Taylor? They took a chance on, on Riley Pickett and Nathan Cherry last year. And uh, Nathan Cherry ended up getting into the rotation on their d
1: right. last year, right? Round two, auto red blacks. I'm going Jake Taylor with this spot. First player off the board in the second round. Here's why. Yes, they added Cariel Brooks and Javon Santos Knox. They lost Antoine Pruneau. Bruno played safety moved into sam sometimes if the injuries needed it i always felt he was better sam than safety my personal opinion um but with that being said jake taylor is going to fly around in this spot he'll come in he'll play specials for you he will learn the defense and selfishly he will also be geographically in the closest stadium to both of us so we can go watch him more often (laughs)
0: I yeah man, if Jake if Jake Taylor goes to Ottawa, if Jake Taylor's listening to this, Jake, if you go to Ottawa, Wade and I will take you out to dinner within the first like five (laughs) weeks of you being in Ottawa. Promise, promise. Uh, Yeah, hundred percent agree. He's a he's a he's a playmaker. I I had the same thought. I was like, oh, do I do I wait on Jake Taylor and slide him into Ottawa? Because I don't know if he's gonna be there. Adam, I, yeah, I, feel, I don't know either. And Adam O'Claire I feel like BC, plays that similar role to Pruno for
1: Ottawa now, right? Yeah. I I feel like that. <sighs> I, I feel like O'Claire can move to Will, though, more than yeah. Jake would. No, I agree. Um, I just Dude. feel like Brodrick matches what they the Lions lost in Jordan Williams. Yeah. Better than Jake Taylor. And that's why I had him going above Jake in this draft, mock draft. Um, all right. Yeah, I pick just like Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
0: Oh, whoa, whoa. I got to get I got to get my pick out for Ottawa. Oh, right. right Hold right. your horses. Damn, damn. Hold your horses. Everything you said about Jake Taylor uh, and his ability to contribute, his ability to play multiple positions, his ability to, you know, be a be a presence, be a body. I think applies to this next player, just more so as a d as a true DB, as a true secondary player. And that is Charlie Ringland. I'm going with Charlie Ringland to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, you know, a guy like Abdul Kenney is getting up there, getting older. How many years does he have left? Not really sure. If you can get a guy like Charlie Ringland to come in and play behind him, you're set. All right. He, I, I think to me, other than Baggy like Ringland was the next shutdown,
1: true shutdown outside yeah. the defensive corner, right? All, right? All right. Pick 11, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Connor, we both have receivers, same thought process. I'm going Jared Wayne from yep. Pitt. I believe he was in the running for the Corners Trophy this year. But of course, Brown Brothers. Yeah. Uh no, Jared Wayne, I I tested Wednesday at the well, Pitt pro day. Similar-ish well. numbers to Clark Barnes. Yeah. Um I just have Clark Barnes going earlier. I think he's more explosive of a true play. I know Jared Wayne has had long touchdowns, but Clark Barnes to me just scores anytime he touches the ball or has the threat to, Yeah. Um, or Jared Wayne, I find is a good receiver who has big playability.
0: Yeah. And uh, you tossed me a perfect softball because Clark Barnes is my pick here for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, You just had him going a little bit earlier in your mock draft than I do. Still available for me saskatchewan we said it they lost a ton at wide receiver they did add to replace those pieces but at what capacity and and how are they going to contribute you already hit a home run with a guelph wide receiver in in key and baker why we'll not go hit back together. a second yeah why not go hit a second home run with clark barnes a guy that can be a threat as a wide receiver and be a threat as a return guy as well
1: so a few different areas and options it's... for him to contribute right away. In three years, we're, we're gonna have uh, Keandre Smith, Clark Barnes, and KSB all on the same CFL roster. <laughs> oh, it's crazy! The, the uh, wide
0: receivers that Guelph has pumped out as of late, with no quarterbacks. The Ottawa Redblacks up
1: next. You're gonna just slide two, past two. that comma, today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ottawa Ottawa Redblacks pick twelve. Connor, I I right. want
0: you to go first because I'm more interested in your pick than my pick. My pick's a homer pick.
1: Sebastian Howard, Smu, I like the it. Weapon X. I don't know. To me, they have Nate Bahar do a lot of like their slices, or oh, in the old old scheme they did. I feel like they just need that guy who's going to come in and make. Well, a let Nate Bahar stay out of the box, even though he's a really good blocker and a good yeah. asset in the run game. Yeah, just stop letting the guy like. Give him some rest where he's not getting tangled up with big defensive line. Okay. Let Sebastian Howard develop the option to have a 6'4 guy coming in crack.
0: I'm wanting the 6'4 guy to come crack, and I'm leaving Nate Behar in space to make plays.
1: That's the thing. And you know what? If Hamilton had their pick in the second round, I would be really interested. Oh, dude. Him. And Jake Burt.
0: And Jake Burt, who, like, you basically have, you don't have Nikola Klinich anymore, but you have the two, two that
1: blend together to make yeah. Nikola Klinich. Yes, yeah. and I think where Sebastian Howard has some really good pass catching ability. Uh, we talked to we talked to Marshall about how he's trained as a true R, and while we have loved having Nate Pahar as the R for the Red Block since they moved him inside, Nate um, R ours. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, I think, I think could be that true position and let guys like Bahar and Keaton Brugling, who currently occupy that, that role. Yeah. Expand to different uh, spaces in the offense and become more versatile in their lineup. And you still have Jalen
0: Ackland and Shaq Evans now in your, you know, threat, yeah. Like to me, threat
1: arsenal. To me, you don't need a weapon downfield because Nate's no. going to be underneath. Nate can take it off the top, but a lot of his catches are well,
0: underneath. He, you wrote that piece, right? Like, he's such a good threat out of the slot, such a good threat underneath, makes so many plays out of those sets, right? Like, wrote that before he became their true heart.
1: Uh, but Sebastian Howard to me, I there's so much athletic potential. I feel like they could take him and say, you know what? We took Keaton last year in the third round. He ended up sticking on our roster. Let's take Howard this year. See where it goes. See what other freakish body types we could add to this team. Yeah. All right, your pick,
0: Ottawa. Yes. Speaking of freakish body types, uh where you have Jake Taylor providing some linebacker help, I'm staying at home. I have James Peter coming off the board, going to the Ottawa Redblacks. I think he he can provide some again, some right now special teams impact, some long-term impact as, you know, a pen potential rotational to starting linebacker if defending, you know, how long he sticks around in Ottawa, but I, I think he is a, a great talent, great player that could have long-term impact uh, for the Ottawa set, or the Ottawa front seven, Ottawa
1: defense. All right. Pick 13 Montreal Alouettes. This is where I'm going. Charlie Ringland, him and Mark handle Tuan Dequa in the backfield. Oh my God. Sure You're no. also getting a, a high end player. Uh, still on the board in my mock draft I, a lot of value at a really good spot in the second round to me
0: I, I like it I would love absolutely love to see Charlie Ringland and Mark Antoine Ducroix paired together those are two of you know my two of your favorite DBs over the last few years um that'd be yeah just poetic justice for the CFP all Canadian podcast to see those two land together but um this this guy for me for Montreal might be a C and ever guy. I'm not really sure yet um I guess it's okay we'll see to April but City Sal I'm taking City South off the board for the Montreal Alouettes again, we talked about this with with Saskatchewan keep your quarterback up, keep your quarterback happy. we saw what happened to Cody Fajardo last year with that Saskatchewan offensive line not too happy. so if you have some developable, depth some rotational depth some even right now depth impact style from city a guy like city sow um i think that could only
1: benefit the the montreal alouette's offensive line i'm going city sow to bc with the next pick so just go right into your bc lines pick 214
0: i've got the i've got a different player here we we just talked about city sow um i'm going quentin sagan the defensive lineman from charleston southern I would say, you know, he did everything he should have in in the CFL combine, but it still felt a little bit underwhelming, I think. However, the athleticism, the length, the potential of Quentin Sagan is, you know, worth everything he showed us. And I think that compared to some of the other defensive linemen in this class, I think, you know, the top. Three are now off the board for both of us by now, so I think I think Quentin Sagan mm-hmm. is probably the next most solid choice for me. There's a couple other guys that that might be able to slot in, but I don't know if I would slot them in this high. So for me, it's it's a guy like Quentin Sagan.
1: All right, let's move on. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We got two more picks and then our territorials to go. Uh, I'm going to be short and sweet. Try to talk about this guy, Connor James Peter. To me, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah. He goes, finds behind Adam Bighill, plays some special teams, and then year two, comes out and just balls. I would love to see James Peter rocking gold and blue. Not that
0: the Winnipeg Blue Bombers need any more studs, but here they get one. And let's not forget, Chris Sigano from the Ottawa GGs ends up with a three-year contract, I believe it was, from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, so... They've taken GG's in the past. So you're saying up here, uh, I went to left field for this pick. I have no idea where you went with this pick. I
1: I was so confused seeing this.
0: I took the metrics. This is pick like this is purely, purely an underwear Olympics pick. Purely an underwear Olympics pick. Um, we talked about the loss of, of a guy like Tyrell Ford. Uh just the size, the body, the defensive help that he provides, and the special teams aspect. This pick, I went Brent McDougal, the DV from Windsor. And and I honestly you're crazy. I, I only I I made this pick because he had such an impressive combine. And so did Jake Kelly, the DV from Bishops. But if you're talking like CFL size, CFL metrics, Brent McDougal 6'2, basically 210. 10 reps on the bench, 46540, 35 and a half inch vert, did the lateral drills well. A guy like Jay Kelly, 5'10, 180, 456. So bested him a 40 and a half inch vert, insane. 10-2 broad, insane. And his lateral drills were off the charts. But I'm taking the size uh, on this one. I think you know, a 6'2 DB who moves. Basically as well within a few, few inches, few seconds or or tenths of seconds uh, as Jay Kelly is where I went here. He's going to kind of replace some of that special team's ability. And, you know, Noah Hallett, Nick Hallett, both six foot guys,
1: right? Absolutely. All right. Toronto Argos, first pick of the day. Connor, I'm going with Tavis Robinson. Yeah, talk to me about this one. He's a seen uh, guy, no? He is, but occasionally you'll see teams that don't really have a pressing need just kind of grab a guy and say, well, if he does come back, he's going to be wild. And for a team like the Argos, they have a lot of things checked off on the board already. Go and get a top-end player. If he drops in the draft or he doesn't get drafted, maybe he comes back to Canada next year. And then you have him and Sean Oakman. On the edges. Sure. And Shane Ray, if they
0: can get him back. <laughs> uh he's still TVD in the signings, right? So but yeah, and they still have you know the recently added Balaran or a Absolutely. Jeez. Could be a scary defensive second, or could be a scary defensive line group. All right. I went on the line as well, different side of the ball. I went to the offensive line, Dayton Black. And that is because we've seen Toronto go with these kind of developmental offensive line picks as of late, the Dylan Giffins, the Theron Churchills, the Gregor McKellars of years past. Um, so that that's where I went on this one with Dayton Black. I think he's just going to be, you know, they've had success in the past and they they might see if they can find some success here with the, the
1: Saskatchewan offensive linemen. I like your pick better than mine, just because he's probably going to play in the CFL. <laughs> I just wanted to have Tavis in there, because I think he'll get... like, Yeah. Teams used to pick on Neville. Teams used to pick uh, on Dean Leonard. Teams, I'm guessing, will use a pick on Tavis Robinson. Now, I the Brown brothers, know. I don't think it's worth it. No. I,
0: I don't know. I'd have to double-check like where Tavis Robinson is from, but if he's within reach... I think he I think would he's definitely like, be worth a territorial pick for Ottawa. I
1: think he's Toronto, GTA, so west I don't, of Toronto. I don't think he would qualify for an Ottawa territorial no. then. Well, okay. It Speaking of like Ottawa we're territorials. four people who know, these are usually picks 19 and 20, but we had two picks forfeited because of the supplemental draft. So, with that being said, we are now at the end of the second round.
0: I'm going to take the driver's seat on this pick uh, because, again, I'm being very biased. It's an Ottawa Redblacks territorial pick. He is an Ottawa native. He's an Ottawa Gigi. He showed out at the combine. Daniel Oladajo. Perfect pick. Perfect, perfect. We're both Talk in line calling. on this one. We are both in line on this one. Um, did you see the? Did you see the combine film from Daniel Ola Dejo? Did you see the twenty refs on bench? Did you see the athleticism, good lord? Oh, this would
1: be so stock amazing. Up,
0: stock up Daniel Oladejo. It I, worked out. It worked I know they had to I know they had to go get him from Edmonton, but it worked out
1: with Nate Bahar. Go get local receivers. It works. <laughs> um no, I'm with you. Oladejo. The man was on fire through the entire combine week and it has done nothing but plus and plus and plus on his stock. I think if he does not go with the territorial pick, which I I seem kind of unlikely, um, he's going to not make it out of the next round. Like, I don't know if he's in the second round range because of just the, just the availability of other positions like linebacker DB defensive line. Um, but I don't see him getting out of the third round if Ottawa chooses to go in a different direction with this pick. Maybe that's James Peter if he's still there. But to me, Olodejo is just perfect. Chef's kiss perfect for this spot.
0: If Gavin Cobb can go to the Edmonton <laughs> Elks and round four pick thirty, Daniel Olodejo should not make it past, should not make it out of round three.
1: That's what I just said. He's he's not you know, a that far. I agree.
0: I agree. I just I had to add that in. I had to add that in.
1: You do love your Gavin Cobb. Uh I thought that was gonna be Savon Magnet Jones this year for you. I did. I was hoping. No, no. I was I was completely
0: shocked uh at his metrics. But Daniel Oladejo, um, I like I, I guess part of me was it like part of it was me not wanting to be biased. Uh, but another part of me was like, "Damn!" Like I, I knew he was gonna test well, had a really good OUA season, made some absurd catches. Even the one that didn't count, I guess counted,
1: but shouldn't have counted. I'm not Whatever. gonna lie. I almost, I think I used that for his uh, his player of the day for the combine. I think I, I straight up used the play that didn't count against Guelph.
0: And like it was such a crazy, like regardless, count didn't count. I guess they counted it, but insane grab like yeah Daniel Oladejo no, to me it. like everything he needed to do he did and then surpassed like he was lights out one of the top five wide receivers at the combine
1: to me and we have him going as I have wide receiver three you have two Uh alright the next pick is Edmonton Alex, and this is where I said off the hop if they can dip into Regina. I think we both would go with my pick. Yeah, I agree. If they cannot, we both go Connor's pick. So Connor had Jonathan Rosary. Yeah, I had Jackson Ford, the DB from Regina. So Connor went literally same city. We know yeah. that one counts. I I like Rose because he's just so versatile and multiple and really like. like what else would you do with this? Like maybe you go with like a Josh Heyer or a Jacob Biggs, maybe from Calgary. That's what I mean. Um, like if you're if you're locked into
0: the province Alberta. of Alberta, like to me, it's Biggs or Rosary with your
1: territorial pick. But if you this can't, is your chance to take a flyer. If you can't, you lock in Jackson Ford.
0: Yeah. No, Big, I agree. Smart if you, physical if you can go outside and you have the Regina option.
1: Experience Regina, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take that chance. Um, but no, so that's that's it. We had a lot of similarities in round one. Only one player different for each of us. Was it one? And, yeah, yeah, it was one. Yeah, because I had uh, Clark you and had you had Jake Taylor. Yeah, but then we both had them in the opposite. In the, second the next round. two picks, yeah, and then you had three guys, and I had. Yeah, so we each had three guys different in the second round. So I could,
0: I I mean, like I'm just this is I could easily switch
1: Tavis Robinson to be Dayton Black with you, and we could be matchy matchy.
0: Well, I'm also look like I'm entirely rethinking my Winnipeg Blue Bombers pick. Like I'm sticking with Brent McDougall for the sake of making it easy for us to make social media graphics in the next week or so here, but uh, like this could easily be. Jackson Ford, Jackson States, McLean, like Jake Frick, Jake Kelly, even. This could be so many players for Winnipeg right now, but I, I went with the 6'2 DB. That could could be a special teams guy.
1: And we know he's he's going to be a solid. I think he'll get picked. I just don't know if it's round two.
0: I don't think so. Like, I think this is going to be one of those picks that I when we do mock draft 2.0. I don't know if you'll That's see Scott
1: McDougal in this spot again. Um, I think Lual Uguak is going to be the guy that moves for both of us. Up or down? Pro day 20, if he knocks this pro day out...
0: Uh, he could... he could. I could see him being... We don't have any
1: physical testing numbers for him. We'd see no, tape. Yet. But tape from a big lineman. It's tough to judge. True lateral speed and quickness. You could see like well, wow, that guy moves really, really well. But to see the true extent of it, if he goes out and matches or betters
0: BMI's numbers, he could be the new number one pick. Like he could be a guy that I also no, see auto no, walking Connor,
1: on. Number two, because he's NCAA. We gotta we gotta appease the dark lord, Chris Jones. But but but
0: <laughs> but if we look. Wait, that would put Beamy at number two
1: then.
0: Oh, we could put, we could then put Beamy at number two. However, if he goes out and has a little bit of an underwhelming pro day,
1: maybe more so than we expect him to.